and welcome to the Underpowered Podcast, a gaming podcast where we battle our backlog, revealing what is worth your time, money, and energy. I'm Shelby Stokes, and on the cast today is Casey Cool. Hello. And our guest today is a narrative designer of Sans Ship on iOS and Android, and game master of the Adventure Stack Email RPG, Jeffrey Golden. It's, welcome. It, thank you for having me. She sells <laughs> Sans Ships on the seashore. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. I get it. I get it. Yeah, no, S's. You know, they all they all come to me eventually. <laughs> yeah. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I found you on a podcasting like setup service where they asked us to try it out and then I got a lot of random people and then I was like, "Wait, this guy actually works in video games. I would love to talk to him." <laughs> well, well, first off, I wanted to talk about is the your newsletter. Yep, let's do it. So what is this? What is this whole concept? Right? <laughs> I'm guessing, so, like, you got D&D roots, obviously, right, from this idea? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, so, many, so many people, when asking about my projects, are like, what is this? <laughs> I know. Why are you doing this? What's the deal um, with airlines? That's right. Um, <laughs> well, no, I do it because it's fun. So so what is Adventure Snack? Uh, Adventure Snack is the email RPG newsletter. So this is a these are choose your path adventure games that I send to our readers twice a month and in each game you have to make one big important decision as your character so it's all the 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 text leading is leading up to one big important decision the games uh are vary in terms of genre we've done uh yeah we was talking about D&D we've definitely done sword and fantasy stuff uh you know sword and sorcery stuff uh we've done sci-fi we've done uh there's a game where you try to out hack satan in the 90s oh. there's a game where you in the play night, as perfect the, in the ni- <laughs> oh the golden age of hacking in my <laughs> humble opinion if your hack doesn't include an an animated skeleton head of some kind is it really a hack? Is it? Are you no. really a hacker? No, you you got to have that skeleton head. I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, every uh, everyone is different, uh, but there and and I also include uh, mechanics that are interesting that are sort of unique to this game. So for example, to make a decision, you may have to like cons- you take out a uh, a credit card and look at the last four digits and if they add up to an even number you went this way but if they add up to an odd number they go this way you know you may have to uh you know look at the songs in your in your playlist and if you get a song by smash mouth you might do this but if you get a song (laughs) by uh you know by eminem you may do something else you know so uh, anyway, yeah, th- we try to mix it up and do different things, but it's, uh, yeah, people can play for free at adventuresnack.com, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun to do it. I, 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 It's a blast. It's just a really enjoyable thing. Yeah, and if you have Smash Mouth on your playlist, you are definitely on the right path in general mm-hmm. in life, right? right? Isn't that true? Absolutely. Although, yeah, the Smash Mouth is always a mixed bag. As a, <laughs> right? as a, nostal- as a nostalgia act, 100% always good but sometimes politically very dicey didn't they perform at the at the didn't they perform at the concert for motorcycle people and oh, then did the they mo- really i believe oh, they uh, did sturgis sturgis and then, and then the motorcycle people they went all around the country spreading covid19 uh yes well here's the thing they are the quintessential like you go to the county fair 
Yeah. And this is like, oh, you we used to be famous band. All right, yeah, I'll go watch you guys for like twenty bucks. <laughs> but if you were like, give me the top five bands that are going to be performing for a biker gang, Smash I, Mouth is not even. Yeah, close. that would be yeah. down, right? Down, down, down. I feel like with COVID, like you you're going down your list. I feel like that may be what's <laughs> happening here. But I agree. I would actually be very excited. Uh, to go, I don't like county fairs. In fact, I really dislike them in general. Uh, I don't yeah. like the food. I don't like how hot it is. I don't like that there's always a ton <laughs> of insects and animal poop everywhere. But for Smash Mouth, True. maybe. Although now I'm a little bit upset at Smash. <laughs> I'm a bit upset at Smash Mouth right now. But maybe they'll do something, and in a year I'll, I'll be okay with them. They'll, yeah. they'll maybe they'll be the ones. Uh, passing out the cure or something going around the country uh you know vaccinating people maybe they'll make up for their mistakes fried food and smash mouth you can't go nothing more american than that really i feel like that's true you know, it just they go hand in hand but i did not maybe leonard skinner yes but i don't know that was probably sturgis's first choice and they couldn't get him i'm right. guessing um, so where did this idea for the email rpg come from were you just kind of like hanging out at home and you're like hey i got an idea it comes from my love of solo role-playing game books from the uh, 80s and 90s, like uh, specifically Fighting mm. Fantasy and Marvel Superheroes. Oh. I don't know if you guys remember, but there was sort of a strain of these uh, solo D&D books that you could get around the same time as Choose Your Own mm. Adventure. So there was the... Amer in America, Choose Your Own Adventure was dominant, but there was also this other strain where in addition to... You know, if you want to do this, go to page 48. But if you want to do this, go to page 73. There were also D&D-style mechanics. So you could actually, like, fight monsters. Like, you would solve riddles and, like, use your head and, and, and you know, do the kinds of stuff that you would do in D&D. And I didn't have any friends for a long time who also played D&D. So these books were kind of like a gateway into, uh, into that for me. Um in fact, my first, uh, in fact, the first time I played D and D, it wasn't D and D. It was, uh, it was a game called Aberrant, which was, uh, it was a superhero, sort of an X Men type of uh, TTRPG, um, and I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I, I it, you know, it was, uh, it was a really cool experience. But yeah, I, I had only played these solo RPG books for a long time, so I loved them growing up and. I ended up writing for a magazine called Rolled and Told, which was a and d magazine with some beautiful art and illustrations. And, uh, and they asked me to contribute. And so I was like, can I do a solo RPG? And they were like, what is that? And I was like, well, let me explain. It's, uh, you know. And funny enough, they used to be in magazines. They used oh, to really? be in D&D &D magazines back in the day. And so, uh, and so it's funny that they didn't know about them and, and that I was introducing them to them. It's like, yeah, this is a crucial component of the D&D magazine. It's the solo RPG. You've got to have this. And so I, I did it for Rolled and Told and it, it went great. And I was really excited by the response I got for it. And I decided, you know, hey, what if really I just fun concept, did a lot of these? First and foremost. Uh, it, and uh, and that was about a year and a half ago. I started when a website it. forces you to sign for a newsletter and usually that's a big turn up for me. But with this... I liked it because you're giving the user a choice, but there's a reward to it. Like, I play a monthly D&D game, and this is kind of fills that niche, too. Where it's like, oh, what adventure am I going to go on next? Because I love those Choose the Adventure books. And it gives me that yeah. joyful feeling when I get that letter of, oh, cool, I'm doing this 
task. I'm not forced upon. That's uh, thank you. That's a huge compliment, and that's exactly uh, what I'm going for. So I appreciate that, and I, I'm sure your listeners would appreciate it as well. It's uh, yeah, I like to. Th- I I yeah. think of you know my uh, the I think of them as players. And when I'm writing, I just imagine myself at a D and D table with just like all the people on the mailing list and we're uh, you know i'm just like telling you know it's, it's a really really long table and i'm just and i'm just right, imagining right. uh you know telling all these folks you know the story and letting everybody kind of make their decision about what they want their character to do now you don't only just write for tabletops if i'm correct you do narrative design for video games as well right that's yeah that that's right that's how i make my that's how i make my bread and butter is in uh <laughs> is in video games yeah. See, there's not not quite as much money in uh in tabletop role playing game free to play newsletters uh no. as there are as, as there are yet. in video not games. Yet. Yeah, I work uh so I'm a I'm a freelancer. I've worked for uh for Ubisoft, Capcom, Square Enix, and uh I'm currently uh working with Rockbite Games, uh which is a mobile game developer. They their last game was the hit Deep Town, and I'm the narrative designer for their new game Sandship. Which uh, was a is a number one uh, strategy game on iOS and Android, and uh, yeah, and it was an Apple. We love this game. Pick, uh, which is really cool. So, uh, so yeah. yeah. So it's been uh, it's been a blast working on it. And I've got some other. I, I'm writing some other titles too, but they haven't shipped yet. So I'm not sure if I can talk about them. You know, you know how it is. NDAs. I mean, if you want to protect your job, I guess I get it. But if you want to break the news here, you totally could. Actually, you know what? There is another one that I have, have got coming out uh, next year. Uh, it's a console oh. RPG called uh, Fallen Legion Revenants, and uh, it it debuted at one okay. of the it debuted at one of the festivals, Summer Game Fest. I want to say um, the trailer the trailer okay. launch. Yeah. I think it yeah. was that one. And if it wasn't that one, it was one that was similar to that one. So that that's coming out. That should be coming out next year. And that was that was really fun to work on. Um, it was yeah, it was a whole yeah. I, I'm actually the narrative director. On As that the narrative one, so director for a game, and in the ter- current climate of gaming, where I feel like the vocal minority, when they get really upset, they let people know that they don't like the story and they go on the internet and they go on a tirade about it. Yeah. Does that ever affect how you write and does it affect your storytelling at all? Are you thinking about how much you might get the audience mad? I never think about it. Uh, here, here's why there's, I, and it's not just like a, that's not just like a flippant response that I have a very good reason for, for, First of all, I think as a writer, I've been writing for 15 years and I, I, you know, I've I've learned to trust my instincts and I've also learned to trust my team. You know, ultimately, as a narrative designer, even a narrative director, I'm generally working for the game director. And and so, you know, ultimately, it's a partnership. It's a you know, it's a process. And, you know everybody's going to weigh in on on your story you know it's the artists are going to weigh in the director's going to weigh in so i just try to do to to write the thing the story in a way that feels authentic to uh not just to the you know the overarching you know world you know not just to the overarching uh, uh world but also you know authentic to um the gameplay 
right? So I want my story to match the, to have the, to draw inspiration from the gameplay. And so, you know, keeping in mind themes, keeping in mind gameplay, and keeping in mind, of course, characters. What do our characters want? You know, how do our characters go and get it? You know, uh, keeping these, these are the things I tend to keep in mind. And uh, this isn't to say that fan reaction isn't important. It is. It, it's just like, I just can't like keep that in my head. You know, it's like, it, it's, it's, I'd, otherwise I'd have a thousand voices in my head, you know, saying yes, no, yes, no. So I've just got to learn to trust myself and my team. And if somebody on my team is like, hey, and that's happened before, it's that the, the, uh, what you bring up is, it's not necessarily uncommon where an artist or, or someone will say, you know what, like, this character isn't going to, re you know, this character, the way the side character you wrote it isn't going to resonate, you know, I think the way you intend, especially, it's especially true when considering foreign markets. Um, you know, there's a lot of cultural differences that you have to account for. And some that's that's something you learn, you know, it's like you're talking with a team. I work for a lot of foreign indie studios. And so they're not just, you know, they're, America might be their target market, but they're also, you know, we're look, they're looking to play in Russia. They're looking to play in China. They're looking to play in a bunch of places. And, you know, thinking about how those characters are going to resonate with those audiences, that can be, that's, that's feedback that I welcome, quite frankly. I, I, you know, I want the game to work for as many different audiences as possible. And if making usually minor changes uh, can achieve that, then uh, I'm happy to do it. I'm sure in your career you've seen a lot of different games start at different times. I'm always curious is when they're writing a game, are they starting with a character first or is it an overall theme for a story that it's presented and saying, hey, go ahead and write from here? There's there's two approaches that I find common as a writer. One is welcome to this brand new game project where we have maybe some rough ideas for characters and some rough ideas for themes, but you're pretty much at the beginning we maybe have an engine or the beginnings of an engine. We may have the very beginnings of character art, but you're basically going to uh, make this story for us. That is like path A. And those games are, I, you know, you're, you're in it for a long haul. I'm usually, you know, it's like, okay, the less they have, the longer I'm there. And, uh, and then path B is uh, we need you to write a set of, barks in an excel spreadsheet for all these characters because this game is like 90 percent done but we need those barks because the voice actors are coming in on friday so can you write these can you write these barks really fast and uh that's like path b is like the game is like basically 90 to 95 percent done and they just need somebody to write like a little bit of text at the top to explain what it is that you're doing, barks, things like that. You know, uh, things that are important, but but uh, not necessarily core in the minds of the developers of the main the the, the I've games. I always wanted to know in a video game writing room that you know, like, so I just started playing D and D in the last year, and you get these stories where path A, path B happens, and. I've always been curious, like, I think of it because, you know, I, I teach kids, and sometimes we give them, like, here's a prompt, write the next three paragraphs, or fill in the story 
missed like the conclusion right like the fill in the gaps my favorite is when like i give a kid a story and i start it and then i just see where they go with it and i'm curious for you as a writer i've always wanted to know like when you come to a project is it like that for you sometimes where you have to fill in those gaps or say hey here you go have fun yeah it's definite it's actually very much the adult version of what you uh how you teach your kids yeah a hundred percent so i can tell my kids that i'm teaching them something that'll help them make video games yeah it's it's i've never worked on a game project where they didn't have some idea for characters and some idea for stories it's really just a question of are you getting like kind of the bare minimum or are you getting like every like a world major world building document you know or are you making the world but but yeah it's always like a it's always like uh like an olympic torch you know handoff (laughs) ceremony of like okay we did this now take the story you know make turn this into a story you know uh nine times out of ten i would say a video game doesn't really have what we would properly think of as a story before i arrive in the projects that i work on they have worlds you know they have characters sometimes you know more or less but not really a story as we properly think of it like you go to a movie and it's like this is the story of these characters who want to be ghostbusters but then they run into problems and then they you know those like narrative events, those themes, that stuff is usually what I bring to the table. I'm curious from your viewpoint, because I have ones I feel this way about, but what themes or ideas are you just sick of seeing over <laughs> and over in video games? What's one where you're like, all right, guys, let's call it good. Let's pack it up. We don't need to do this anymore. I've got my number one with a bullet pick, um, but it may it's not necessarily for... I don't know if we always if we're going to think of this as video games, but definitely with interactive fiction. Um, nine times out of ten, anytime I see something about with interactive fiction, like uh, like a like one of these interactive movies, like a like a Bandersnatch or something like that, the theme is choice, <laughs> the yeah. power yeah. <laughs> of making decisions, and there's a reason there's a reason for that that's practical. Which is that you have a Holly, you have generally speaking a Hollywood writer. Usually, a lot of video games are written by people. For, you know, they they'll get an uh, an agency. They'll get like you know uh, William Morris or whatever. And not a lot of, but but enough. You, you know, you especially for like interactive movies stuff like that. You you get somebody from a, who is not used to writing interactive fiction, and basically it's like the first idea because it's it is really difficult to have themes in a story where there's so many different endings it's it is legitimately it is a legitimate challenge right because like okay just think about like your think about like your basic story right okay you know uh jack and jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water but then they fell down right the moral of the story is okay, be safe, kids. You never know when you could fall, so be, be cautious, right? Okay, what if Jack and Jill go up the hill to fetch a pail of water, and but instead they're really good at, at fetching water and they end up finding gold, you know? That changes the meaning of the story considerably, right? 
And so if I'm like if I'm like classic Hollywood writer who's used to telling a linear story, oh right, I right. Uh, that theme is attractive to me because it works no matter what they choose because you can always say <laughs> have a character in any ending say you made that decision, <laughs> what a decision you made, and then me as a player be like oh wow I did make a decision didn't I? <laughs> so so like the the perfect example I think is like Bandersnatch which I I respect Bandersnatch a lot i i think it's actually pretty cool but it definitely is like falls into that trope of like a game about making decisions where you make decisions so are there any like game stories that come yeah. to mind in terms of like your favorite yeah. game story or what pushed you into this line of work oh that's a great question that is a great question shelby <laughs> those that's a great question those are two different questions and i i'm i'm gonna cheat a little bit there's a sec because I think that there's a section later that's on games that you want that you're playing, and I just played a game that, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tease it. I played a game that's so good, I'm angry that I didn't write the story, and I'm gonna talk about it at the end during that section. But uh, I'm at like, and you know, I I say it kidding, you know, but I like legitimately like, oh, this is so me, like this is so like my sensibility. And to the extent where when I told, tell other people that I'm playing it, they're like, oh, of course you're playing it. That's exactly like oh, you. Like, oh, that's a you game? Yeah. That, it's that's such a, a you, you game. game. Right, yeah. The first game that made me realize that there were stories in games and that I like that like was enraptured was uh, Final Fantasy IV. Um, it's, it's with Cecil and yes. Edwin. You screw barn. Tell us uh, the the greatest line in Final Fantasy history. Yeah, oh my god! Uh, yeah, uh, me, Medio, Medio. You know all the. I love the spell names where they couldn't. You know they only got five letters or whatever. So <laughs> yeah, Fire. You know Fyra. if you played it on the original SNES, it was like Fire Two, Fire Three, Ice Two, Ice Three, because they could only get the. Yeah, but yeah. I re I remember as a kid. We it was like our soap opera. It was like we were we were we would go to our house and we would play. Uh, we would go to uh, my friend's house who had the Super Nintendo and we would play it. And then that's all we would talk about in the, the school for for a week. You know, was what we did in Final Fantasy Four. It was like all the twists and turns, the character, in depth characters. You know, it really felt like a story in a way that, like a lot of other classic games that I love. They just, they, you know, you'd have to read the manual or, you know, you'd have to, to figure it out. You know, you'd have to kind of in your head, you would sort of put the story together. But Final Fantasy IV had it. It was just there for you. Yes, that that's the game that made me in love with, like, fantasy and high fantasy and JRPGs in general. Now, I'm going to give a big spoiler <laughs> in a way. And it, I mean, everyone talks about the big spoiler from yeah. Final Fantasy VII. But this is the original game. You know, the one with Ares or Aerith, everyone knows it, right? Yeah. Final Fantasy IV did it first. You know, when you're like eight or nine and a character you love in a game dies forever and you didn't think that could happen, you're like, no! <laughs> I'll tell you, when uh, when Palam and Purim turned themselves into stone, that was just like mind blow. We just could not get over that. We were just talking about it for, talking about it for, even after we finished playing, we would talk about that, that we just... It was just like, oh my god, like the stakes were so high, you know. Have you played Final Fantasy for the years after? I have not. Okay, so I, I have it downloaded on my phone. It's like a true sequel. It's what happens after Final Fantasy 4. 
Each character kind of gets their own story arc. Um, But I always loved that game. I love the fact that it was two-player. Like, I could go and play it with my dad, and he could help me understand the story. We could get through something. It was such a good game. You would think there'd be more two-player, like, turn-based role-playing. Like, it's like like one of the few genres that'd be, like, really easy to do two-players with, I would think, you know, from a development standpoint. Yeah, I, I... I, I've never played Final yeah. Fantasy IV, so apparently yeah. I need to add that one to my backlog because I mean this has been the multiple multiple times it's been come up, coming up in conversations. So I mean maybe that's one I need to add to it. I don't know. Yeah, if you're gonna play an old school JRPG, I would recommend that FF6 or really Chrono Trigger. Absolutely, I mean Chrono Trigger. Yeah, it, I I feel like Chrono Trigger uh, is maybe more culturally impactful today. So if you're like deciding between the two and you want to have like because you want to have conversations with like fellow gamers about like an old role playing game, maybe go Chrono Trigger. But I think Final Fantasy, I still think the story is oh, is, yeah. is great. And I, so, I so. yeah, I think it holds oh, up. Oh, yeah, I fully agree. It has high highs, low lows. It's a game that makes you that's feel right. something, <laughs> you know, when you play feel it. something. No, it's like it's not just a game. It's like jump on the mushroom. It made you actually <laughs> sad. And, you know, like, speaking of games that make you sad, so, Jeffrey, what was the game that it made you sad? You didn't Let's write jump it. to that. Okay, it's not making me sad. No, it's not making me sad. It made, it made, me, ang- it made me angry because it brought me so much joy. Um, and that game is Hypnospace Outlaw. Um, it is a fantastic, I guess you could call it a visual novel. It's really more of like a puzzle mystery game. It takes place in a fictional late '90s, uh, like bull, like uh, g- walled garden internet system. So mm-hmm. kind of imagine like, like early AOL, like yeah. America okay. Online meets uh, GeoCities, but a pa- <laughs> but it's but it's like virtual. It's like in in the game's kayfabe in the game story. It's like okay. that you were like you accessing it with like a headset with like a VR headset. Yeah. But the, the, so you play a content enforcer, uh, in this world. So you're going around to all these people's pages and like reporting them for like copyright infringement and like language, (laughs) you know, and harassment and stuff. Um, and it brings up all these, uh, it has this very deep and interesting story. And one of the things I, I love about it is that it is a story about a community. And it's very, it's sort of a little bit rare in games. I feel like a lot of games are about a hero's journey, a, you know, a, a, a Campbell-esque hero's journey. And this game is really the story of the community of Hypnospace and, like, its users and, you know, the the things that you do in the game send ripple effects across the community and the community responds. Mm. And so, uh, so in addition to being hilarious and having amazing music and a great kid rock parody, <laughs> um, and it's, it's, it's just like a really invent, it's just really inventive game from a story perspective. And, uh, and that late, that, that internet, that early internet uh, aesthetic is like, so up my alley and the satirical stuff is so, uh, I just jive with it so hard. So yeah, that that's the game that I've been playing. That I I yeah. just finished. I just beat it. But I'm gonna go back. I'm, I'm gonna give it probably a month or, or or so, and I'm gonna go back and just do all the content. Just read everything and unlock everything because I I it was that good. Zane rocks. 
His band seemed pretty sweet. I've heard about this game <laughs> yes. on like other podcasts, and it sounds so unique and fun. But the genre sounded really interesting to me. When I looked it up, it's a simulation video game and a puzzle yeah. video game, I guess? I think it's really a mystery game at its oh, heart. Oh, that's an interesting way to look yeah. at it. You are constantly trying to solve <laughs> mysteries, and the way you solve that, the way you solve them is through basically internet searching. So the mechanic of the game is searching for keywords. But the thing is, you have to figure out by reading the pages what keywords to enter in order to find, for example, secret pages, like hidden pages, and like there's sort of a conspiracy going on at hypnospace and without spoiling without spoiling it there's there's definitely stuff happening it's not a benevolent it's not as a, as benevolent a corporation as as we are led to believe so uh it's interest. it's very interesting so what have you been playing that on uh switch Oh, Switch? Okay, yeah, I saw that for Switch, and I was thinking, okay, maybe that's worth a pickup. It's probably ideal for PC, but uh, I just, for the first time, have now have my first gaming PC. Um, I've never used my computer for gaming because uh, I just, when I'm at my computer, I'm working. You know, and I I just don't want to then continue sitting at my computer, you know. I want to right. sit in a whole other room on a whole <laughs> right. other soft surface. Dedicated to gaming. Yeah, the relaxation room. Yeah. I actually uh, wanted it because I supported the uh, the racial justice uh, bundle on Itch. And, and it comes oh, with, like, unlimited right. video yeah. games. Uh, but all of them are PC <laughs> yeah. games. So I was like, oh, screw it. Maybe this is the time. So now I just have this, this uh, PC for playing... You know, all these really cool. Celeste, I think, is in that bundle, you know. Oh, right. We we talked yeah, about Celeste this bundle awesome. a couple episodes back, actually, with uh, The Rev. Remember we talked about, like, yeah. all the games that were, like, it was the Bernie Sanders Mario skin or whatever, right? And it had yep. a bunch of other yeah. really good titles on it. It was, like, 900 <laughs> games or something, right? Oh, it's way more than 900. Oh, it's, oh, it's in its 1,741 oh games. <laughs> It made uh, it made eight million dollars. It was an incredible success. A short hike yeah. is in it. Overland, Night in the Woods, and a lot of these are games I haven't played or, or and I, I've just heard about them. And so I was like, oh yeah, this is That's this perfect. is a real winner, dude. You're set. Yeah, you're set. You know, a, a big part of our show is about playing through your backlog. You're set for like a long while. <laughs> I know. I'm so I'm I'm very excited to dive yeah, in. Yeah, you might need to pick up another lifetime <laughs> to get all through those. I think. <laughs> I was thinking about starting a podcast that was just me reviewing all of the games. Oh, in that's the, a good idea. In, in that bundle. No, just come here, dude. Come on here. Tell us all about it. Great. We get cool. free content. What about you, Casey? I know you're a big Switch guy. You've been gaming a bit this week. Look at that segue, man! What a pro. <laughs> God, that was good, Shelby. <laughs> Actually, uh, this past weekend, I went and saw some friends. I got the game. Have some fun with that. Got the day off from being dad. My wife was letting me hang out with my buddies. And, uh, you know, we watched the UFC fight, and then we played a ton of games. And it originally started with our go-to Smash Brothers. Who do you main? Who do you main in Smash? Oh, man, that's a really hard (laughs) question. I have really bad Smash character ADD. Um, the character, probably my friends think I'm the best at, or the one that I know I give her is Lucas. <laughs> and then I tend to jump from him to, uh, Mega Man, Falco, <laughs> and, uh, 
Uh, Ness is the same as Lucas. Who's the other one I jumped to? Oh, Pokemon Trainer. I'll play a lot of Pokemon right. Trainer too. But those are my main stays. But I'll play. I'll jump around sometimes. But those four are my main rotation. But if I had to say who I am a main player of, it's Lucas. Like the PK freeze. Everyone's scared of the PK freeze. <laughs> but anyway, as the evening progressed and we drank many daddy sodas, as I call them, dad sodas. Uh, my friend and I, we, we beat Cuphead. Finally uh, did it. Whoa, oh my did god. It. It's such a good game. Like, I can't stress enough how wonderful that game is. Everything about mm-hmm. it is just great. It is an automatic buy it for us. Like, I, I fully endorse that game. Especially, you know, on the Switch, you can get it, I think, for like 15, 20 bucks. And it's worth every penny because you'll replay it. Now, what was interesting, though, you know, because we've been playing, we're playing late in the night, you know, like, I, I gotta say, that King Dice Fight is so incredibly hard because there's so many different factors you have to remember. And my one buddy, because we had been, you know, like I said, we had been up and been kicking back a few adult beverages, and he goes to me, oh, the frame rate's off. And I was like, I think there's something else that's off. <laughs> the, uh, the ultimate lag is your brain yeah. on alcohol. <laughs> I'm losing frames, guys. I'm losing frames. <laughs> yeah, I was... I was definitely giving him skeptical hippo eyes, like, mm, what are you saying, dude? Yeah, it, but that game, it, it, it's so hard, and the difficulty of it is, you, it's all pattern recognition, and once you get the patterns, you feel so good about the game, and the game crosses boundaries as a rail shooter, or a shooter, as a platformer, and it does so much, and the, the game just oozes, oozes style and aesthetic. Like, I love the story, and when we had Matt Leone from Polygon, he talked about, he talked to those brothers, you know? how those two brothers had this idea they wanted to make video games together. Like, that's living the ultimate goal. Like, you talk about that with your best friend's kid. Like, let's make video games. And then they went and did it. And they made a great they, game. They did it. And boy, did they do it. I mean, it's, it, it's uh, yeah, it is an incredible accomplishment, that game. Especially for an indie house with such it's a small so good, team. All the way through. I mean, it's it's just a fabulous game. It's like one of my favorite 2D platformers, and that's like right up my alley. And I know you and I, Shelby, have used this term, and I know okay. It's the perfect one more run game, one more try game. Because that stupid little line, yeah. that line that yeah. shows you, oh, you were so close. The nose is touching the line. Yeah. If you just t- waited three more seconds or could have dodged better, Agreed. you would have right. beaten it. Yeah. It just makes you want that game more. It makes you addicted to <laughs> yeah. it. I can't stress enough how much I love this game. And it's just great for sitting with friends <laughs> on the couch. I would love for online play. The other thing about it, too, is like if... If MDHR was a stock, I would sell my house, all my personal belongings, and I'd put so much money into it because that stock is going to be a blue chip. Like, they have made such good games. I can't wait yeah. to see what the studios do yeah. when they throw them actually. Yeah. Speaking of putting stock into games, <laughs> I really liked Middle of Earth, Shadow of Mordor when I played it. It was game of the year. And now I'm playing the second, the, the sequel to that game. And I don't know why this sequel did not get the attention it deserved. Because I think this game is phenomenal. Like, there's a little bit of that open world checklist that I'm going through in terms of checking stuff off the list. But it's the perfect, like, get in and just spend 20 minutes, like, making some collections and and battling a few guys. Like, I'm just loving it all the way through. Um, I am a little upset with this company called GameStop right now, though. What's going on? What's going on? What is ga- How has GameStop hurt you? Show me on the doll where the bad video game store hurt you. What? Show me <laughs> on the doll. Show me on the doll. So so I've taken my Xbox. I'm like, hey, this thing doesn't work. And they're like, hey, the power brick works. No problem. Take it home. It's not our fault. So I'm calling all these places. I finally get it diagnosed at one of these 
gad this gear gadget place and they say yeah your power breaks down so gamestop it was just like no you're fine get out of here we don't want your time we don't need to take the time to fix figure out your console and then they literally just changed the plug at the other place and it booted right up so does that mean your xbox is alive it's alive now? it's alive but, like, if you are known to be the place where you go to do the games... <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't think you're going to be around to do games much longer. So, let's, you know, let's look at, yeah. look at it that way. Yeah. You need to, if you need to buy plushies, you go check them out, all right? What about the giant wall of uh, of creepy... Uh, the Pops, the uh, Pop Vinyl. The, the Funko the Pops. The Funko Pops. Yeah, what about <laughs> the gigantic... I feel like every time I go into a GameStop... More and more real estate is Funko Pop. I think I think they lock the stores at night and then they multiply on their own. That's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is kind of sad, though. I remember working at GameStop, and you know we try our best to help people, but well, it, it's really disappointing that they're. You, that's like where you're supposed to go, right? Like it's your video game helper store. Well, I think that's why I was disappointed. They're like, nope, we can't help you. Good luck. Sorry. And then like I finally find a place two cities over. And they look at it and they go, dude, you just needed a new power cable. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, but, you know, stuff happens. Well, when it wasn't working, though, you were playing it on xCloud, right? That's how I've been playing it. Yeah, I've been playing it from my phone, just streaming directly to my phone. Oh, that's crazy. God, isn't it crazy? I mean, just, just take, a, take a take a step back here. <laughs> right. We were talking about we were talking about Super Nintendo earlier. It's like, take a step back here. You're able to play the same video game on your PC that you can on your phone that you can on your Xbox and that's a that's a crazy that's and a crazy it blows thing. my mind because I log in on my phone and it picks me right up where I last like my last save point like I don't load anything in it's just like click on and then boom here I am I'm just impressed like all the way through so Microsoft they're uh, they're doing some things but they made some people mad this week which takes us to the news section our big three news. Our no, 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 news. big three. Okay, no. The big three news. So, Casey, do you want to take our uh, our first news story here? So, in our first story, it's about this game called Minecraft. Don't know if you heard about it. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. Um, kids seem to really like it. Anyway, people are really annoyed because now you have to have a, your login and username registered on microsoft yeah well that's uh yeah it's like it just reminds me of the facebook oculus thing so it's like it's like mm -hmm. we want your we want your info now we're we're done we're done waiting to get your info we want your data now <laughs> so TikTok. yeah no they start off like no no we're cool man nothing's gonna change nothing's gonna change don't worry about it is it true that there are two versions of the Minecraft and they don't interact with each other. Like there's two like separate, it's like two yeah. separate of the same game. And then that's why they're doing this. So, cause it's all going to be the, the same, but yeah. even when they do it, it's still not going to, they're still not going to be able to interact with each other. Um, there's the Minecraft bedrock. So yeah, that's weird how it works. My understanding is Java was before Microsoft and it was the issue that notch put out and PC owners could play on that. And then the Bedrock version is when Microsoft took over and added a lot of more of the safety features. And I think the big reason they're trying to do this is they're pushing for the two-factor authentication. And it's just supposed to... It's the, the whole angle is supposed to be all about safety. But it really seems like, to me at least, that people are getting upset over nothing because it's just they're trying to get right. 
Like, you said all the data, and it's the game's still going to be I the same. I think, like, if you were in that ecosystem, then all of a sudden it's getting migrated. It, there's going to be people that are upset, especially the long-term uh, player base, right? And just because we're not in that player base, you know, there's going to be a little bit of pain in terms of transferring over. But at the end of the day, I mean, you're still able to play the game. And regretfully, you know, Microsoft bought Mojang six years ago so and this was only a matter of time in my in my opinion like same thing with oculus and facebook like eventually it's going to happen they didn't buy those those games and those gaming systems just because they're good guys and they want to fund it like at the end of the day it's a business no although I, although i'll bet you anything that in the meetings where they bought them they were like we're oh, going to keep sure. things separate yeah. like you're going to do your thing and we're going to let you do your thing and we don't even want to you know, and then you sign the contract. It's like, actually, we definitely want to pillage your user base for to So we want them as part yeah. of this company. So get up, get on board. You signed the contract. You took the checks. You yeah. took the checks. Tell your users. Yeah. We gave them the checks. The blood is on your hands. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that, I think that this like we're saying is a matter of time but microsoft wants those numbers like again we talked about safety but they want to know what users are doing you know like they want to know with their pvp and what type of level mods they like to do what they can promote on the store it's their information they own it as long as they're changing the not changing the game rather then i don't (laughs) see the big i get it i i get it uh yeah i i on the one hand i no i i agree with i think i I agree with you shelby it's like it was inevitable. It's just, but I, I totally get if you're a longtime fan of something and something yeah. changes, that's very bad. <laughs> bad. Change is always well, bad. So change keep is that, sometimes Change is good. never good. Right. So keep change that in mind. Bad. Change is never good. No. Which mm. takes us to our next story because mm. the, there we go. <laughs> change is sometimes good because the load times for Last of Us are super low yeah. on the PS4 all of a sudden, which takes so, us to our next story. Oh, yeah. that's good. Like, that is the, good. Now that this is a thing, why didn't they do it sooner? Dude, they, right? What, what's the deal you know, with they, that? They had, a, they had a whole bunch of pixie dust at, at the Sony factory, and they just threw it in a few consoles, and then it just repopulated all the consoles, and here oh, we go. Pixie that's dust. It. That's why they're so expe- consoles are so expensive, because <laughs> they come preloaded with pixie dust. I think that's that makes sense yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. But no, The Last of Us load screens have just dropped to 14 seconds on PlayStation 4 which is crazy because i just played that game a month and a half ago two months ago and the load times were pretty gnarly like they weren't super noticeable but they were not 14 seconds i guarantee you that how long was it before like what was the load time before the upgrade um i bet this article could tell us but i mean it (laughs) it feels like it's 20 to 30 seconds of, of load time I mean, that's a significant drop. So I don't know what they're doing to reverse engineer those load times, but hopefully that's pointing to good signs for the next gen. I want to know if this is the same person or company that does the Switch compressing for, to put mm-hmm. games like The Witcher on the Switch and use that crazy voodoo or whatever they're doing. Uh, but I'm also curious if this affects like future console sales because now players and now <laughs> users can know, like, hey, instead of pumping out a new console... Why can't you give me a hardware upgrade or a software upgrade over like a download? Nah, I think people know that that I mean, that my, people know that consoles get better. 
Like people know that like, yeah, eventually my, you know, eventually it's just going to work better on, on newer computer. You know, every time I get a new computer, it runs a lot faster than my old computer. And that's basically all these are at this point is just computers. <laughs> I think that the, the focus on load times is I think really good in the sense that like for so many years, like with, with serious gaming is all about graphics. Load times is something that I, as a gamer, find actually useful I don't really, if there's a certain point where the graphics just don't look better to me from one system to another, but load times I sure notice because there's nothing more boring than sitting there and waiting for a video game to load. Like, you know, right. that, so, so I'm really glad that that's, uh, that that's been sort of the, I think a shifted focus. Yeah, I, am, I, I think it's a good idea. I am too. And I'm so excited for these new consoles for that reason, specifically, like the load times that they're boasting are absolutely phenomenal. And I like the idea of being able to pop back into a game. In fact, you know, I mentioned that I'm playing my consoles down, as I mentioned, so I'm playing on my phone right now and the load times on the phone are like, uh, I have to wait for this thing to load and then I have to pinch myself and be like, oh yeah, I'm playing a AAA game on my cell phone. So, you know, though, <laughs> I will kind of miss like a good load screen, you know, where they, like, they give you a tip or they tell you how to beat a boss or they give you backstory to a character that you would have done. But will you? But will you? <laughs> <laughs> you will, you'll miss them. Listen, I've written them. That's the thing. That's the funny thing. I've actually <laughs> written those screens and I'm not sure I'll miss them. Um, <laughs> But uh, but th- but I'm gl- I'm glad that someone appreciates them. My my favorite ones are where it loads a like little tiny game. I always oh, like yeah. those. Mini game ones are fun. Yeah, like yeah, so it's just fun. okay. Here's a little mini game while you wait for the main game. It's like yeah, yeah that's cool. I like that. I I could dig yeah. that. Have you guys ever brute forced your way through a game and then like a couple hours into it, you start reading those load screens? And you're like, oh, that's why I keep dying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See. Load screens are yeah. important, right? You know, they they tell you, hey, shoot that red dinosaur in the eye. They give you the tip on how to beat I'm the monster. I'm just saying, it's, it's happened to me. It's happened to me. Oh, I I have, uh, yeah. So, yes, 100%. I just, I'm the kind of, I am definitely the kind of gamer who's like, I don't want to, I don't want to read how to play. <laughs> I'm the same way. I just want to play. And if I don't understand yeah. in my playthrough, I'm going to watch a YouTube video. And if I still can't do it, then I'm going to give up. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dude, this is like the now generation. Uh, you want everything well, I think it's now, also now, partly now. just like my expectations as a game designer. Like, I I expect the process by which they teach me how to play the game to be very smooth. And yeah. I, 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 you know, and if it mm-hmm. is complex, if it is like something that I don't get, I, I'm probably not going to get better at it. You know what I mean? Because it probably means that they're going to start the way that they're going to introduce mechanics are are going to confuse me and infuriate me throughout the game so if it's not easy if it's not simple right. from the onset then like you know chances are i'm going to be frustrated later on yeah so. no i hear you and the frustration it can be real at times you know i also know people are frustrated with facebook too uh, fa- well facebook and everything that they do brings <laughs> us to our last story you guys are great at transitions <laughs> yes. i just have Thanks, to man. say I, I really appreciate facebook them. just got an upgrade because now you can game on the Facebook, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Sorry, I know that's horrible reporting. I, I picked this story because I thought it was interesting. Because, like, you, Shelby, have been playing on your xCloud. We have Stadia, which isn't really that great. And then we have Amazon saying they're moving into the streaming gaming sector, too. So now it's interesting to see that Facebook right. is trying to do it. It's like another hat in the ring. Uh, interesting move as we move to the 
no more yeah. owning your game. But as you yeah. mentioned, this is all free to play games on Facebook right now, right? So I mean, they're doing the free to play thing. There's no additional hardware. Yeah. It yeah. is all cloud based. I mean, they're going to be able to provide this to those customers. My question is, who's on Facebook right now? Like, are your is your mom and dad gonna play? Like video games on here, like uh, what are they going after? Yeah. It feels like they have an identity crisis right now that they can't I mean, figure it out. The last Farmville player on Earth, Shelby. We established this. Better so, great, dude. I I think it's really funny. I because I was kind of expecting the art the article to sort of outline like here are all the different yeah. games mm-hmm. that are going to be available, and the article only really meant like only mentions like it mentions farmville so it literally it's like facebook known for farmville <laughs> and it's like oh wow have, like have no other games of of note come out for facebook that like as that that this article about facebook would mention it's crazy it's just crazy to me um you know imagine if like there was an article about like mobile you know it's like mobile games such as where's my water you know it's like wait is that the only mobile game you could think to you could think to mention yeah um no of course it's like thousands of them that are worth talking about that people that people legitimately play um so i wonder about this facebook that i i think that their real competitor is probably apple arcade Mm -hmm. Right. It's like this sort of cat. You're going for this like sort of casual, maybe family oriented market of like free to play game of like free to play games Mm -hmm. that I assume are monetized through uh, microtransactions and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, Yeah, yeah. I I think you're exactly right. It's going to be interesting to see how Facebook continues down the path they are. Right. Because, I mean, now we got the cloud gaming space. They own the Oculus. You know, they came out with the Quest 2 recently. So they have like that really hardcore niche in terms of players on their VR headsets. Now they kind of have this big shot over the bow, which is almost like everyone can play for free. So I think it's they're going to start gobbling up content right. like we're seeing Microsoft and Sony do. I mean, they're going to be one of the big players, whether we like it or not. It, but it, yeah, it's fascinating. But you, you one, mm-hmm. one wonders what kind of content they'll go after because you want games. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it is going to be games that like Among Us or something where they're like social, like inherently social, but like low you know but like you know like low graphics you know because they're they're talking in the article it's like yeah. we can't compete on frame rates we're not going to promise no. you great frame rates so it's like yeah it's got to be like kind of party games you know um things that you would play you know that Jack like a, maybe a family would play with each other um you know which is listen i i i think it's great from my perspective as a game dev I don't. If somebody is doing a legit, has legit studio, and they're like making Facebook games, and they are like making money, they're looking for yeah, they're making money. That means they're hiring more of my me and more of my colleagues, yeah, and that's good. So uh, more players in the space, by all means, I'm I'm fine with it. You know, well, to me the article's funny too because yeah. one's from the Washington Post, and I believe that's the paper Jeff Bezos runs. So uh, <laughs> he probably they're probably like. Yeah, they make the free games, and we're trying to make our own platform. But you know, they have they try, Facebook's tried to get into the streaming game, and it's been hit and miss. And they I, they want to. I think them going into the game, and then this with Oculus Rift. I'm like, here's here's my secret mm-hmm. hope. We're getting really close to that Ready Player One future, where we can okay, go to school great. online, 
right? And in online school, though, you're actually there with your avatar. And there's treasure hidden under the school, <laughs> and the only way to get it yeah. is to watch 80s uh-huh. movies. The Joker, the Iron Giant, and the Battletoads <laughs> are your best friends. <laughs> yeah. Or they're in my classroom right. with with Sanic the Hitchhog and not and Sonic the Hitchhog. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's great. I think it could... I mean... I like the idea, but it's because Facebook is so bad. bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Bad. 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 Yeah. (laughs) Powerfully bad. Um, And what they can hold, I don't know. It's it's interesting though. We're just getting closer to not having physical games. Like that's the this is the last run of that. I really, really believe that. I mean, the The Netflix of games. Yeah, I I I agree with that, and uh, I am eagerly awaiting nintendo to get into this space i would love that uh 2040 2040, like (laughs) nintendo is always very it's always like we're gonna do it last but we're gonna do it our own way uh especially when it comes to internet like like, oh my god we're not doing it because you're doing it we're choosing to do it on our own behalf and our practices match what it was 20 years ago so currently they're in they're acting like they have 2007 internet like practices Right if now. they do, if they bring back the Satella view, I will be very excited. Do you know? Do you know what I? Do you know uh, what the Satella view was? No. Okay. The irony of this of this conversation is that Nintendo was was one of the first companies to get into a version of online gaming, and I strongly suggest you look into uh this i remember this. It is... it's where the zelda game was right yeah no. that ds yeah zelda ds so basically yeah. what it was imagine like a little america online that was you connected to with your super nintendo where yes. you would call this was japan only you would call using the the, the super nintendo modem and you would get like There'd be like magazines, like comics, like game tips and stuff. So kind of like Nintendo Power stuff. But the uh, but the big the big hook yeah. was that they had online exclusive games, including versions of popular games that were only for the Satellaview. So for example, it would be there was a version of a Link oh. to the Past that was Satellaview only. It had like extra levels, like different maps and stuff, but it also used had a voice channel and they would have like zelda and like other character they'd have actors like doing a radio play over your game so it would it was like it was like come find me i'm the old man who lives in a special place come find me and i'll get you a bonus (laughs) and then like if you did it, it the game was timed with the voice track so if you did it, you would get the bonus. It was it's that it's mind boggling. So it's crazy. super cool. I had no so. idea. So they were ahead of their time. They just need to like channel some of that of that yeah. intuitive nature they had back in the day. Jeez. <laughs> and Nintendo like pi- like pioneering the chat room seems so so counterintuitive <laughs> to where they are today. I know. I know. Yeah, they they were the it was I think Super Nintendo is among the first gaming consoles that actually had like an online component i'm pretty sure Um, well that's when they were messing around with sony too and already talking about disc and sony went and stole everything and they're like we're not messing with this stuff ever again and then i went (laughs) oh that's cool well let's move on to our last segment uh it's a random question right case yes and i will wrap with that i know my son was knocking on the door he's just started mario odyssey and he's like what are we gonna play dude he's (laughs) upset with the game 
I know. Oh, all right. I'm not gonna. Yes. Well, I de- tell your tell your. No, story. it's no okay. Worries. It's no. okay. Stay out away from Mario from a great, a legitimately great game, uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, it's so great. I love it. He's five. We just beat Paper Mario. Yeah. Right. So that's like has been his big game, and uh, I'm happy that he's playing a 3D Mario because he's experienced stuff. So he'll just explore for hours and then hand me the controller for like a boss fight. And there's parts he wants to quit. And so it, this question kind of came up from him, too, in my thought. And talking to our friends this weekend about games I love, like Octopath Traveler. And I get the same thing from a lot of my friends. The starting point for Octopath is really hard. When do you think you can give a game, and Shelby and I have to think about this more because we're trying to become a review site. How much, how much time do you think you can give a game to say, yeah, this isn't worth your time? Or how much to give it an honest review? Like, I feel like you obviously have to beat it. If you were being paid to write a review, you have to beat it, right? We're not in that situation where we're getting paid to. We can play it a certain amount of time. But, like, for you and I, Shelby, like, what do you think? Like, how long do you – can you? because, like, mm-hmm. to me, I think of a book that starts really slow. And you're seven chapters in. You're like, oh, when's this, when's yeah. this going to pick up? And then something happens and you don't want to put the book down, Right? I think video games have that watershed moment too a lot of times where it's like, okay, let me get through this. And you're like, oh, now I understand all the mechanics. I can play the game. I'm breezing through it. The The learning curve was very hard at the beginning. and But sometimes I feel like if, like with Divinity Original Sin, I know you loved it. I gave that game 15 hours. And then I was like, I'm not doing this. I, this is not for me. Dude, you can't quit. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. It's so good. I know. I am hard <laughs> done on that game. I, del- oh, I deleted no. it. I deleted oh, it no. off my Switch. That's, That's how, how you like, know. No. You, yeah. you got you know. to turn down the difficulty and then just like lean into it. I agree with turning down the difficulty. I think there's too much. I think there's like too much uh, in some spaces where it's like you have to. I agree. You, if yeah. you're not beating yeah, it sure. on hard mode, you're not going to. I, I am a big uh, Mega yeah, Man fan. On hard, yeah. But uh, and 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 this this and actually Mega Man Eleven was sort of the game that like got me to get a Switch. Oh. I was only able to beat it on uh, very casual easy mode. Yeah. Uh, but I really wanted to play it because I love Mega Man games. I just like am a have kind of aging out of like twitchy platformer games. Uh, and so, but I really want to experience this world and these characters. I love the series. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so I just go easy and I just, you know, it's like enjoy, I enjoy myself. I think right. for me, it's about whether or not I'm enjoying myself. It's still a game. Yeah. You know, it's not clocking into a job, right? So it's like, if I'm not having fun, yeah. that's a really good time for me to jump ship on a game. I, I, I like a challenge, but I, if it's so challenging that it feels impossible, it's like, well, then this isn't fun anymore. I, 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 I'm not, uh, I've crossed over into a diff, into a different stuff. And different people, I think, have a different for pain sure. tolerance for, ch- you I, know, for challenge. And I think part of that, too, is like you're balancing time and money, right? <laughs> when you were younger, you're, you would like buy a game. You'd spend what seemed like a million dollars on a video game. You know, $60, how will I ever get that much money, right? As a kid. And then you would like dive into that game and play it because that was the only game that you had to play. Like now we're in an environment where the three of us are older, so obviously the time and money has has shifted in terms of what we have more access to. Um, but basically now I'm with you. I got to be having fun. I have to be enjoying myself. And if I get into a place where I am not consistently having fun, I'm out. Like I'm not. I'm not going to put the time in. I'm all for delayed gratification, though, as a person in general too. Like just in life lessons, like. Oh, I did this thing and I worked on it, and then months come to time, and it's the result pays off. Like 
when you try to lose weight, like people quit trying to work out and lose weight because there's not instant results. But like that's a long term thing you got to do, right? Like, oh, I worked out for four months and I lost forty pounds. It's four months. It's ten pounds Here's, a month. Right? Here, I I totally get what you're. I totally get what you're saying. For me, my journey with exercise was I use a program uh, called uh, Couch to Two K, uh, and basically. Because when oh, yeah, I yeah. first started, when I just like tried running. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to run. How hard could it be? And I hadn't run in a long time. I have been exercising a long time. And I tried doing it. And I was like, oh, this is bad. I cannot do this. Uh, but that, And then, so then I was like, oh, okay. Immediately, no, I can't do this. But then I tried Couch to 2K. And it sort of it, – it, it, what it does is it gradually – gets harder over time so you're walking more and then okay now i'm gonna do a short burst of run and then i'm walking that all right. the way up to now where i just run three times a week i just can run 5k three times right. a week and, and I you can, can run that's, so that's so so for me it's about how did they ramp up that difficulty in such a mm. way that mm. i feel still feel comfortable in this space right it's like where i'm not don't feel like oh god i've just been thrown into the deep end I want to feel like I am grad. It's like gradually getting a little bit harder each time, and so that way I feel like I'm making yeah, progress. Yeah, that's important too. Because you get games like Sekiro and Demon Soul that are just so hard, and I and I like a hard game like that. Show Shake Sekiro. Don't say that. Well. Don't I know it's haunting well. him because he has. Play. But here's the other thing too. I think there's so many games now. Yeah, so many, mm-hmm. and you have access to it so much time. It's like eh, I'll just play something else, yeah. or I'll play the game I love. Like I'll go play Smash. I'll go do this. I'll do that. And, like, I really wanted to like Divinity Original Sin, but I also think sometimes just something's not for you. And, mm-hmm. like, but at the same time, I feel like I gave an honest try. I honestly think that game, I think if you turn that game down to easy and you just, just play it, don't, don't like, overanalyze what's happening in your D&D just roles. Just do whatever I want. Just okay. play through for, like, three hours and just make progress and move forward and you're going to find it. Cause the problem with that game is analysis paralysis where yeah. you can do so much in which way do I spec my character? And before you know, it, you spent four well, hours doing nothing, but because you love D and D because yeah. you love D and D that game is made for you. I, See, I can almost guarantee it. I think cause I kept it on normal and I didn't make my character something that could just smash. Like mm-hmm. I, that's, I, that might be the way to go. But like with like my friends that play Octopath, they give up after an hour or two hours. I don't think that's fair yeah. to a game either, mm-hmm. right? So like, if we were all to say how much time, I like I think some things you know, but like when they tell me I love the style, I love the look, but the game jumping on it's really hard. I'm like, well, yeah, you only played an hour and you only have one party member. You have to get a full party. To well, really look, understand the I, here's the my feeling for a player for just if I'm just a fan, I'm just a player. Any amount of time that mm-hmm. you want to spend with the game, I think is is fair to me you know it's like and as long as yeah. you're like up yeah. front yeah. you know with as, as a reviewer or whatever as long as you're up front it's like i played this game for an hour you know here's my review mm-hmm. you know as long as you're not saying you know i've beat it 100 percent, and you know and when you haven't you know i yeah whatever amount of time you you feel like you you can to get an opinion i i'm totally cool with um, I just think you got to be upfront about it. Mm. I just don't. I think I think you have to be deferential yeah. to somebody who's played it more, who has beaten it. You you got to say to the, that person knows the game better than I do. If I only played it for a half an yeah. hour and quit, you know, it's like if they say, "Oh, the ending is really yeah. good," I'd be like, "Well, no, it's not." It's like, "Well, how, well, how you would too. you know? I yeah. played it for the whole <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. You played it for half yeah. an hour, you know." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 In, in in terms of my dropping off point, where I hit with a game is I have to understand the loop 
And once I get through mm-hmm. that loop a couple of times, I can normally see the trajectory of that loop. How are they going to innovate on this? How are they going to move it around? And that's kind of where I feel okay jumping off of a game. Like I played Sekiro for probably six hours, I would imagine. I beat probably 10 bosses and each one would make me play a different way, which I appreciated. I get it, but I just could not get through that banging my head against the wall over and over and over until I learned a certain technique. So in my opinion, right. it's getting the loop, it's understanding the loop. And at that point, if the story's good enough to carry me, I'm going to stick with it. If the loop's not that great and the story's like, well, you know, take, I could take it or leave it, then I'm falling off okay. of that game. Well, that's a lot of good thinking to do on it. I just don't want people to be whiny pants babies and hate on my game that I love. But <laughs> I can't. Oh, no, I'm yeah. Kidding, I'm yeah. Kidding. I hear. I, hey, I hear. Uh, listen, I hear. There's nothing more frustrating than when somebody really hates something that you I know, love. right? I, 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 I hate that. I really hate that. I, I think it's uh, it's a sucky. Different gun. stroke, different folks, right? I think exactly. that's sort of the thing. Everybody's yeah. different. And also. This is on the internet, so everything that you love will get dragged at that's, some point. That's, that's true. That There's, there is yeah. financial incentive for people to do so. Oh, so this is right. another thing right. to consider. Is <laughs> that, right, is that... Maybe that's the route we need yeah. to go. We just need to hate on everything. And then people <laughs> just come to us like, how much do you hate it? I give this nine hates out of ten. <laughs> that's my new record scale. But Shelby, I think we should call it a night. I think that was a good stopping point for yeah us that works for me so jeffrey thank you so much for being with us tonight man oh, yeah dude. it's been great oh it was absolutely my pleasure thank you for having me this is great yeah of course we had a really good time dude it was really i really appreciate yeah it yeah on. definitely and where can uh, our listeners find you check you out absolutely you can find me on twitter at jeffrey golden that's g-e-o-f-f-r-e-y golden like jeffrey giraffe and uh, and you can find me on the best one. Oh, that, yeah, the best. You know, it's like Jeffrey Rush <laughs> is kind of a dated ref, but Jeffrey Giraffe will live on in our hearts forever. Ever, always, um, always. And uh, and you can find me uh, on Adventure Snack, my newsletter game at adventuresnack.com. Very cool. Yes. Very cool. Thanks again for being with us tonight. Uh, if you want more of the Underpowered team, you can ch- check us out on Twitter at UnderpoweredPod, on Instagram at under.powered. Our website is up and functional. That's underpoweredmedia.com. Shoot us an email there at emails at underpoweredmedia.com. Or check out our Discord. We're chatting. We're talking. We're talking some games. That said, thanks for being with us tonight. We are out. Play your games.